0: Hallelujah! The Lord reigns. God, you are so good. Lord, we just bless you. We honor you. We celebrate you. You're so faithful, Lord. God, thank you for being so patient, knowing that almost every day we get up with a plan that's not your plan. And by the end of the day, you have gotten us through anyhow. We just appreciate it so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your merciful kindness towards us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, God. We just love you, Jesus. We just love you, Jesus. We just love you, Jesus. Just love you, love you, love you, Jesus. I'm going to have to... There's this thing over here. So today is a momentous occasion... I'm not, I'm not sure whether you know or not. I, I, I've been numbering my sermons since we started the book of Romans. Um, I have to say this. I mean the book of Acts. Oh, Romans 2, but, but, but Acts. Yeah. We were in Romans for three years. Uh, I, so since I started preaching the book of Acts, this is sermon 114. Now... Um, To be fair, they haven't all been about the book of Acts because there have been a couple of Christmases in there and some Thanksgivings and some Easter's. and I mean, there have been a lot of things that uh, have gotten in the way. But anyhow, it is Sermon 114, and today we finish chapter 16. But it's the last, it's the last, this is the last sermon in chapter 16, which means um, we only have like, what, 12 chapters to go. So we have to pick up the pace. Um, no, no. Valentine's Day, oh, you mean Valentine's Day of 2021? Um, no, I think more likely t- 2021, but. Who knows? Who knows? Freedom is a state of grace. I, I hear the chains falling. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Every chain. You have no rival. You have no equal. Ours is the kingdom. Ours, yours is the power uh, forever and ever. Freedom, what I want you to understand, is freedom is a state of grace. It's not a state of where... Of how you live, every—it's not—it doesn't have anything to do with your job. It doesn't have anything to do with your finances. It doesn't have anything to do with your physical health. It doesn't have anything to do with who's president. It Doesn't have anything to do with the weather outside. Freedom is a state of grace. Freedom is what you step into in a relationship with Jesus, where you quit trying to make things happen the way you think they should happen, and just trust Jesus instead. Just trust Jesus instead. Amen? Give me one big, gigantic amen. 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 Thank you very much. All right, so uh, just going to remind you one more time the good news that we should be telling people every day, everywhere we go, uh, however God gives you the opportunity to do it, is that. Uh, your, as you walk up to people on the street, did you, know, did you realize that Jesus died, when Jesus died on the cross, your sins were forgiven at that very moment? Did you know that you are forgiven? Did you know Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins? And if you would just accept him, if you would just surrender to him, all this other stuff that you've been struggling with that's been messing your life up for years, you would be set free from that because freedom is the state that believers are supposed to live in. Uh, and all he really asks for you to do is trust him and continue in his grace. Just surrender to him. Rely on his grace to work in you every day because he knows more about what you. What, what did Jesus tell his disciples right when, he, right when he started to teach them how to pray the Lord's Prayer? The first, they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples knew how to pray. He taught them how to pray. Why won't you teach us how to pray, Jesus? And Jesus said, all right. Whew. Okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. But. Here's one thing you need to remember right now. God knows your needs even before you ask. How much time do we waste in prayer telling God what we need and telling God how we want him to fix it? And Jesus is just, Jesus says to his disciples, look, your your understanding of prayer is just, completely wrong. God already knows your needs. You are not to just flap your gums and, and say, Jesus, let me give you this list of things that I need because he's already been working on them. Anyhow, you haven't even asked him. He's still already been working on them. Prayers for something completely different. Um, just trust me every day. Just trust me. Stop trying to tell me what to do. As if that was going to really work. And Trust that I know what I'm doing in your life. Trust that I'm... Carleen, God knows what He's doing in your life. All right? Randy? Randy, what's... Is this the south side of the building? South side Randy? God knows what He's doing in your life. Uh, Back row Randy? God knows what He's doing in your life. Uh, Last Randy? God knows what He's doing in your life. You don't have to tell Him what to do. Uh... That's right. We that's right. The tres amigos. Uh, anyhow, uh, just continue in the grace of God. That's, that's all he asks us to do. And then when we start living that out and we start telling people what God did in our life, when we start experiencing that and we start just telling people, let me tell you what Jesus did for me today. Then you just open up your mouth. God gives you the words. The Holy Spirit comes and anoints it. And stuff happens. Stuff, miraculous stuff Happens. That's what the book of Acts is all about. You see, miraculous stuff that happens when the uh, disciples were disobedient to just open their mouths and tell the story of Jesus. And um, they, you know, we talked about this last week. And it, from First Corinthians chapter two, when, when Paul said, "You know, I, I got to Corinth, and honestly, I was just scared to death. I was in weakness. I knew that I didn't have the the wisdom or." the strength in myself to be able to convince you people of anything. And I didn't want to get into an argument with you. But I was, in, I was weak and in fear and trembling. Those two words in Greek are connected. Fear, uh, we know what fear is. But trembling is specifically a word that uh, Greeks used to describe the state of your body when you're afraid. I was afraid. I was trembling. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to go through this. I didn't know what I was going to say. So I just made up my mind. I'm just going to preach Jesus and him crucified. And then I'm just going to get out of the way and allow the power of God to show up. I'm just going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that much. I'm going to step out of the window and I'm going to say, sick of Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> how many people, how many, how many of you are lame? How many of you are blind? How many of you are struggling with something? How many, and then you just come here. Pum, 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 pum. The Holy Spirit shows up and I don't have to do anything else. Because Paul said, I want your wisdom to rest, what? I want your faith to rest, not on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Ask yourself a question right now. Self, is my faith resting on the wisdom of men? On some clever argument, somebody's opinion, some book I read. Or is it resting on the power of God? Is it resting... On the, is it based on the fact that I've had an, a life-changing encounter with Jesus? I may not be able to explain it, but I know the power of God when I see it. That's all Paul wanted. I don't want you to have. I don't want you to put your faith in me. I don't want you to be all fired up because I baptized you. I want your faith to rest on the power of God. Because if your if your faith isn't resting on the power of God, your faith is, Meh. it's bupkis it's bupkis okay um so I, I keep you know by now you know we're in philippi right but I, I keep putting this map up here because i like to use this thing that chuck gave me uh, there it is there we are in philippi this is corinth evidently, where paul was when he when he made that statement about resting faith resting in the power of god but, but for now he's still up here in philippi uh where some interesting things have been happening so let's uh, let's keep moving uh, I'm just going to run this to you previously in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 16 this has happened uh, he, Paul left Turkey ended up in Europe in Philippi they went down to the river a place of prayer because there wasn't a synagogue they met seekers of God including Lydia they told them about Jesus they all got saved they're invited to stay for a while with Lydia and her household because she was rich uh, and incidentally there's some pretty clear evidence that Dr. Luke and Lydia kind of hooked up, but we won't get into that right now. Uh, and Paul cast out a, a spirit of divination, a demon, out of a slave girl. Her masters had Paul and his friends th- arrested and thrown in jail, accused him of preaching treason, which they kind of were, uh, according to the Romans, because they, they were announcing that Jesus is the king and the true son of God, and Caesar isn't. Uh, and then this happened, which we've been talking about for two weeks. The next, they they ended up in, in jail in the middle of the night they were singing hymns they were praising God all the prisoners prisoners were listening to them suddenly there came a great earthquake the foundations of the prison were shaken those prisons weren't built very sturdily in the first place let's have to tell you uh well no, i mean none of those buildings are still standing i mean there there have been plenty of earthquakes and there have been plenty of wars and none of those buildings are there today even though they're all made out of bricks and huge uh, stones uh but this, there's earthquakes that happen in this country all the time. And so um, the, the, the foundations of the prison were shaken. All the doors were open. And I hear the chains falling. <laughs> all people's chains just fell off. The jailer uh, comes running in, sees the doors are open, assumes that all the prisoners have escaped. He tries to kill himself. Paul says, wait, no. Oh, we've been having too much fun to escape. I mean, think about it. We've been having too much fun worshiping Jesus and praising God to have any interest at all in getting out of prison. Of course, it's nice to know we could walk out of prison if we wanted to. But we're, we're too busy worshiping Jesus. We're too busy just, just fellow, fellowshipping with the Lord. We haven't had time to think about whether or not we want to escape. We didn't like having an escape plan. They never had an escape plan. They just, they just had a, a worshiping Jesus plan. Think about that. They never had an escape plan. They weren't like hashing some sort of, how are we going to get out of here? And uh, here's some bed sheets. and they, like, There probably weren't any bed sheets because I doubt, seriously, that there were any beds. Um, um, so they they were having too much fun. And so the guy comes running in there and says, uh, I didn't expect this. Uh, I can tell something strange is going on here. Please tell me how to be saved. He didn't. This guy, the Philippian jailer, did not know what he was talking about. He just recognized that there was a power in this building that wasn't there before. He wanted in on it uh, because he had seen the power of God. He didn't know anything else yet. He just saw the power of God. And he said, I don't know what's going on here, but sign me up. Um, you know in the, in the church I have to say this in the church, which has very little power most of the time anyhow uh, we we do it all backwards. we try to cram people 's heads full of doctrine and theology, which is useful up to a point, uh, and hoping that if we just fill people with enough knowledge and wisdom and uh, and logical arguments that somehow that will produce the power of God that will lead you to a place where suddenly you experience the power of God that is completely backwards completely backwards you encounter the power of god first because otherwise why would you want to care about uh, serving jesus why would you want to care about coming to church just so you can sit in rows and sing songs and have somebody tell you to do better and try harder nobody nobody enjoys that nobody gets any benefit out of that um this guy he he saw the power of god and that's what he wanted He knew in that moment that God was real. He became absolutely convinced that he was on the wrong side of history, that he desperately needed Jesus, whoever the heck that was, because he didn't know yet. He didn't know anything about Jesus. He just said, I, I just need to be saved. I want to be in on this. Listen, church, the kingdom of God consists not in words, but in power. We've got to completely unscramble our brains. The kingdom of God consists not in words, but in power. Now, doctrine is is good, theology is good. L- there's wonderful books that have been written all, all over all the years to encourage Christians, and those are all important. But without the power of God, without the life changing power of God, it's just what is this? It's just words. Clanging gongs and sounding cymbals and stuff that uh, doesn't get you where you want to be in Jesus, where He wants you to be in Himself. Okay, so let's see. Where are we now? Uh, So now we're caught up. This is this is the last verse. This is the last few verses in the Book of Acts. Ready? I mean, the Book of Acts, chapter Uh sixteen. Book of Acts. Now, when when daylight came, the chief magistrates. Uh, it like the city council uh, uh, sent their policemen saying release those men and because we were really kidding about throwing them in jail we, we weren't going to keep them there forever uh, so uh, the, so the jailer comes running in he says hey guys the chief magistrates have sent to release you therefore come on now and you can go in peace and Paul said no no We are not leaving. Paul could be pretty stubborn. They have beaten us in public without a trial. Men who are Romans. We are Roman citizens. And they not only arrested us, they beat us and did not give us a trial. And so the the Romans were pretty... Most of the time the Romans were kind of a, a pain to be around, especially if you were a Jew. But if you could possess Roman citizenship, you had a ton of rights and you had a ton of privileges. Romans tended to just go into a country and invade it and subjugate everybody. But if you had enough money, you could buy citizenship and then you got all the protections just like if if you lived in Rome. Uh, Due process and some other kind of things. Uh, But in Paul's case, he was actually born a citizen of a Roman city. So he didn't have to pay for it. He was born a Roman citizen and he had rights. They didn't check his ID. They didn't ask him if he was a Roman citizen or not. They just arrested him and beat him up, which means all of those. Now here's something you also need to know. Philippi was itself a Roman city, which means that there was a a Roman garrison established there and that and all the laws had to be enforced strictly according to the laws of Rome. And so it was like, <sighs> this is awkward. We're, we're kind of messed up. Uh, they've thrown us into prison. Now they're sending us away secretly. No way, Jose. Let them come themselves. Let the magistrates come down here and escort us out. So the policemen reported these words to the chief magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and appealed to them. And I would like to have been a fly on the wall in that conversation, but it's not in here. Uh, and when they brought them out, <laughs> the magistrates started begging them to Please leave. Would you just please leave? Um, we don't, um, we'll, we'll forget it if you'll forget it. Just please go away. Uh, and so they went out of the prison, and they went to see Lydia, and then they saw all the brethren, and then they encouraged them, and then they left town and went on to Chapter 17, which we will start maybe next week. But there's an interesting <clears throat> Parallel before we leave chapter 16. I just think it's so... The Holy Spirit just sort of got my attention and showed this to me last night. I hadn't even really been thinking about it as I was working on my sermon. And this was just like, oh, you're right. <laughs> Boy, that was... Uh, And I just have to show this. So (laughs) here's here's the thing. This all took place around 50 AD. It's hard to tell um, exactly because people didn't have like little Hallmark calendars that they wrote stuff on and put it in a drawer. Um, But this took place around 50 AD. Fast forward 12, 13 years to approximately sixty three AD. Anybody want to care to guess where Paul was in sixty three AD? It's close. That's certainly the right trajectory. Anybody else? In jail. Paul was back in jail in Rome in 63 A.D. Hmm. Oh, is that 70? You're getting well. You're close. Uh, so Paul is in Rome. He is in jail. It probably uh, it, it, here's the difference. He's not in the Philippian jail. He's not, he's not in a civic, he's not, he's not in a city jail for where they throw in drunks and uh, thieves and burglars. He's, as a Roman citizen, he is Roman, He's incarcerated under Roman law, which means in Rome in 63 A.D., he's under house arrest. He's got a house where he is chained between two Roman guards who come in on like eight-hour shifts or 12-hour shifts. Uh, but he has to pay all of his own expenses. Rome doesn't bring him food. Uh, Rome doesn't give him soap or towels or anything like that. He is, he is incarcerated in a house, but he has to pay his, all his own living expenses. And so, check this out. Uh, there is now a church at Philippi. And the church at Philippi took up an offering and sent somebody to Rome to deliver it to Paul to help take care of him while he was in jail again. The church at Philippi got started because of a jailbreak that didn't happen 50 years ago. I mean, back in 50 AD. Now, Paul's in jail at Rome facing a possible death sentence at the hands of Caesar and the Philippians who have now grown into a very, not, not just a prosperous church because they weren't, but a church that seriously loved Paul and heard he was in trouble and sacrificially collected an offering. They actually did this more than once. Uh, they... It's like we're we're supporting Paul. He's like our missionary to Rome. He happens to be in prison, but we're we're taking up monthly contributions and, and supporting Paul in Rome. So he uh, he's they sent him an offering, several offerings, and then he wrote them a thank you note, which we know now today as the letter to the Philippians, the book of Philippians, which I consider to be, I mean, Paul's writings are so expansive. Romans, probably the greatest work of theology ever written. Uh, But in terms of powerful, life-changing, practical truth, I don't know that Paul ever wrote something more impactful or influential than the book of Philippians. Because in the book of, book of Philippians, what we discover, Paul bears his heart in the book of Philippians like he does in no other book. And we see how his faith works. We see where his heart is, and we see how his faith works. And if you're ever stuck in a situation that feels like jail, we learned last week that you need to be praising God. If you're praising God and worshiping, even if you're in the middle of jail, jail can turn into glory. Jail can turn into an altar. Um, your focus It just depends on what your focus is. But in, in the book of Philippians, we see more in-depth uh, we understand the motivation of Paul and the life focus of Paul and the faith of Paul like we don't see really any place else. And, and I think it's just cool that he's in jail. Philippians are supporting him. And he wrote this beautiful letter to them. Now, it was just a cherry pick, just a few. I mean, uh, it's one of my favorite books. Where, where he starts out in chapter 1 saying... Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. What is he referring to here? I want you to know that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. What's he talking about? I'm in jail, but I'm fine because it's actually serving to advance the cause of the kingdom of God. How many of you would would look at your circumstances at any given time and there there are negative circumstances, and you feel like you're in jail, and stop to think to yourself, now, how could these circumstances turn out for the greater progress of the gospel? Is that the first thing you think of? No, the first thing you think of is, get me out of here! God make this stop! Fix this now! This is your fault! Um... No, Paul says, hey, guys, just be cool. I know it's kind of awkward that I'm in jail and you're worried about me, but my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. It's awesome. God is doing things. You just have to know where to look. So that's one thing we learned about Paul. He really only, he really only cares about the progress of the gospel. Paul didn't care about too much else. If it wasn't contributing to the kingdom, he just wasn't interested so that's why he can then say this, this next thing is also in chapter 1. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Circumstances turned out for the greater process of the gospel because all I really want is, to either, is either to be connected to Jesus and see him glorified. I want to do that, and then when I go to heaven, it will be even better. So as long as I am here on earth, Doing whatever it is, my life is hidden with Christ. I borrowing from his letters to the Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. He he died, he gave himself up for me. But my my life is Jesus. Uh, my life isn't me. My life isn't about my comfort. My life isn't about my safety. My life isn't about my popularity. My life isn't about the balance of my book, my bank account. My life isn't about um, whether or not uh, anything rained on my parade or not today. My life is about just belonging to Jesus. I'm just wrapped up in the love of Jesus. I'm just living in the love of Jesus. I'm just being poured out for the love of Jesus. As long as I'm alive, I am connected and A life-changing, life-altering, mind-blowing way with Jesus Christ. And then if and then when I die, it gets even better. This is about as close to heaven as I could be right now, with Jesus face to face and Jesus holding on to me, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It's awesome. I didn't think life could be this good, but one of these days it's going to get even better. For me, to live is all about belonging to Jesus, trusting Jesus, surrendering to Jesus, worshiping Jesus, going on in his grace and trusting what comes next, and then I get to go to heaven where it gets even better, to live as Christ, to die is gain. So, so what if I'm in jail? So what? Jesus is here with me. Jesus is here with me, and we're seeing his glory. Then we, I have to, had to skip all the way over uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, even though there's just so much amazing stuff in there. Um, you just have, if you haven't read the book of Philippians in a while, you just need to go back and do it. But we get to chapter 4 where all this, where Paul starts to wrap this up. Uh, he's, this, this comes in the beginning of chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And and he has to. He puts it this way: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice, because he's already said it two other times. If there was a theme for the Book of Philippians, it's joy. It's rejoicing. Hey, I'm in jail. High five! This is awesome. I'm experiencing the goodness of God. It's. It's. um, I'm seeing God do amazing things. I can't even. I would love to tell you the the story that he's he's filled. I mean, the, the, some of the things that he saw that, that caused him to be excited, I, I could, we could talk about it for a long time, but he was seeing amazing things. But I'm, so I'm rejoicing. It, it may look like jail to, to you. It feels like heaven to me. Because, because there's no place I can be where I am separated from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Even being in jail, even being unpopular, even have people stab you in the back, even have people abandon you, even have people reject you, even having people uh, make fun of you, even have people uh, let you down, even have people criticize you and attack you and, and malign your character, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. And if you're not separated from the love of God, then everything is okay. Everything. It's only when we forget that we are loved by God that things start to feel bad. All right, so rejoice in the Lord always. And then here's this. How many times do you uh, recite this or quote this? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What comes after this? The peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just trust him. Just focus on him. But then this is the one that kind of wraps things up. We quote this all the time. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul, this is how I get through jail. I, I had to leave out the whole section about uh, um, I've learned the secret of getting through any situation. You know, I can be rich, I can be poor, I can be popular, I can be unpopular, I can be in jail, I can be in a palace, it doesn't make any difference because it. All, the only thing that matters is Jesus. The only thing that matters is my relationship with Jesus. The only thing that matters is the faithfulness of Jesus. The only thing that matters is the power of Jesus. The only thing that matters is the love of Jesus. So I can survive anything. I can overcome anything. I can live through anything. Through him who strengthens me. I am constantly surrounded by his love. Constantly soaking in his love. The only thing, going back to chapter 1, the only thing that could be better is if I was dead. <laughs> the only thing that could be better is if I was in heaven. Because that would be gain. That would be better than this. But otherwise, right now, I'm wrapped up in the love of Jesus. And he is meeting every need. And he's helping me get through every situation. Because my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, oh, where's that verse found? My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Where is that verse found? Philippians chapter 4. I didn't have room to write it up here. This is the way Paul lived his life. Every day, all day, out loud. Got shipwrecked, poison snake bit him on the hand. Just throw it off and keep going. Um, Get stuck in prison uh, in Philippi, chained in stocks. Um, Let's just worship God, just praise him for his goodness. Now I'm in prison in Rome, chained between two Roman guards. So, hey, Flavius, have you heard about Jesus? Let me tell you about the goodness of God. You know, way back with Abraham, and so this guy's chained to Paul. He's going to be chained to Paul for the next 10 hours, which was like an all-expense-paid discipleship training course. Um, Listen, freedom is a state of grace. You can't be in Jesus and in chains at the same time. I want you to turn around and look at somebody, look them right in the eyes and say, you can't be in grace and in chains at the same time. You can't be in in Jesus and in chains at the same time. All right? Let's all say it together, out loud, with enthusiasm. You can't be in Jesus and in chains at the same time. Freedom is a state of grace. Once you enter into grace, continue in the grace of God, that's all God asks us to do, continue in the grace of God, and chains fall away. Most of the chains that we find ourselves wrapped up in are chains that we choose. We choose them we, at any different, at any moment in time we can choose to live in grace or we can choose to live in chains um, it's funny years and years and years ago, a fr- friend of mine ministered in deliverance to the uh, the high priest for Satanist cult in New England under Anton LaVey. And this person became a Christian, miraculously got saved, uh, went through deliverance, filled and saved with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, they, and so they were kind of debriefing him, and they said, God, we've just always wanted to meet a Satanist like you. <laughs> and uh, this, could you just tell us, what kind of spells and incantations, what kind of things do you do, you do to curse Christians? And the guy said, we don't have any power over Christians. We've never had any power over Christians. Here's what we do. We do go to church on Sunday morning and sit in the back row and watch Christians curse themselves um, through the chains that we put on ourselves and the chains that we put on each other. Continue in the grace of God. Freedom is the result It is the byproduct and the end game, the end goal of living in grace. And you can't be in Jesus and be in chains at the same time. So anytime you feel like you're in a prison, you feel like you're struggling with something, you feel like the chains are kind of bearing down on you, then here's what you know. You have exchanged grace for some kind of chain. Um, You just need to ask God to reveal to you what it is. And then say, "Ooh, I don't want that anymore. All right? Okay? Father, in the name of Jesus. I hear the chains falling. I hear the chains falling. Because there is power in in the name of Jesus, to break every chain. And one more time, Lord, I declare freedom over this assembly this morning. I declare chains of all shapes and sizes and weights and lengths and longevity to fall away now, in Jesus' name. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. And we declare freedom today. We declare that we are free. We declare that we're not free to do whatever we want to. We are free to live in Christ instead of live under chains. We declare that for us today, Lord, to live is Christ. No chains. To live is Christ. And we're looking forward to that time, Lord, when we get the gain part, to see you face to face. But in the meantime, Lord, we love you. We trust you. We love you. We trust you. We love you. We trust you. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. In Jesus' name, amen.